This is SQPN, the StarQuest Production Network, leading the way. This episode of The Secrets of Star Trek is brought to you by Bluehost. It's now easier and cheaper than ever before to start your own blog or website. For just $6.95 per month, you get unlimited hosting, one-click installation of WordPress, a .com domain name, and much, much more. Go to sqpn.com bluehost for more information. Hello and welcome back to the bridge of the USS Vatican. And today we are going to travel to Earth. And so I'm going to leave the bridge here and go to the outside of my space vessel, which is currently in orbit around the planet Earth. And uh, from the outside, you should have a pretty nice view of the planet below. And it looks just gorgeous. I can see the moon on the far left side of the screen. And then between me and the planet Earth is Earth Space Dock, which is this huge space station that we can visit uh, another time. I'm surrounded by other Starfleet ships that are currently all either docking with, uh, with Earth Star Dock or uh, are beaming down to the planet below. Um, I'm looking at the kind of the dark side or the night side of the planet, I should say, uh, with North America here on the left. And on the right side, must be early morning there, I can see the Netherlands, I can see the UK and Ireland, France and Spain. So today we will be visiting Starfleet Academy and I'm just gonna beam down to San Francisco and, uh, and I will show you around. So my crewmate Talasa is asking me if I wanna beam down, so let's beam down. And uh, I've been eager to visit Starfleet Academy, see what it looks like. And there we are, we've beamed down to Starfleet Academy the way it looks at the start of the 25th century. It's a glorious day. Blue skies, I can see several shuttle crafts in the sky going to various destinations. In front of me is this uh, nice kind of park view of the, the interior uh, of the campus. And of course, this is kind of a university. It's a school, and so I'm surrounded by all sorts of cadets and uh, students walking around to their the different buildings. Um, in front of me is, a, is a, some water. I'm currently standing on a bridge, beautifully beautiful trees and plants and even some fountains and all the way in the distance I can see the skyline of early 25th century San Francisco. So I am walking towards the, uh, the let's say the edge of the campus here. Those, those fountains are magnificent, they're very very beautiful. You can hear the water here. And it's actually nice that the trees provide some shade because as far as I can tell, it's a pretty hot day. So on my right hand is a huge building. Um, it's, it's the Eastern building here and um, we will explore it later on. But first let me walk to the 
to the edge here and I'm looking over the 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 water and on the other side is the skyline of uh, of San Francisco of course it looks a bit different from the 21st century skyline that I'm used to but what looks almost identical is the famous Golden Gate Bridge in all its glory here on my right hand side it uh, still has that beautiful red color and it looks almost identical to the way it looked in the 21st century however keep in mind that this is not the original bridge um, there there was an attack on San Francisco and uh, let me look up that information it was during the Dominion War um, and it was an attack by the Breen uh, the Breen Confederacy this happened in late 20, uh, uh, 2375 and uh, Starfleet defenses destroyed most of the attacking Breen warships but the raid caused massive damage uh, to Starfleet headquarters which of course is also here in San Francisco and uh, it, they also destroyed at least a middle part of the Golden Gate Bridge and so the uh, the bridge that I'm currently looking at is a restored version of the bridge now at the time the the attack was a huge blow to the Federation morale um, and of course the Dominion um, got a boost <laughs> in terms of self-confidence um, and this was also the first military strike actually that marked the Breen's entry into the Dominion War even the Klingons were impressed by the audacity of, uh, of this attack on San Francisco and on Starfleet um, so I'm trying to figure out when this bridge was rebuilt. Um, I guess it was actually not 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 uh, long after the attack, actually. Um, so the attack was in 2375, and I think that the the thing was rebuilt at least in the decade after the attack. So the bridge, of course, is no longer in use for motorized cars and I'm turning around to my right side and the the bridge actually ends on what looks like a station on top of the eastern building here and uh, I, I do see a couple of shuttles that are cruising over the bridge and are also entering this uh, this station so I guess the bridge is either used as a, some kind of a uh, I don't know, like a, like a, um, a classic landmark, or it could be also some kind of a thing. Or actually, there, there, I see a shuttle that is following the bridge itself, going towards San Francisco. So I don't know if, the, if it still has a navigational function. I, I, I guess not. I, I think it's just there for embellishment. But uh, what would San Francisco be without the Golden Gate Bridge? Now, Starfleet Academy itself was established in uh, the year 2161. And, of course, this is uh, on the northern side of the, of the Bay Area. So this would be Marin County in, uh, in the 21st century. So I'm walking back to the main entrance of this large building. It's currently on my left. 
And all over the campus, you can find these memorial plaques that uh, uh, commemorate certain important events for either Starfleet Academy or for Starfleet in general. And here on my right is a bronze plaque that I can examine. Let's just take a look at it and see what's written on it. Here it says, on January the 30th, 2161, representatives of, and then the text scrolls away so I can't read it anymore. Uh, let's see. I think it's still somewhere here. Oh, there is the text. So, on June the 30th, 2161, representatives from Earth, Vulcan, Andoria, and Talar met at this site to sign the agreement creating the United Federation of Planets. Very cool. There will be some more memorial plaques uh, uh, in other areas here on the campus, but uh, we'll, we'll examine them later on. Let me first enter this, what looks like a concrete entrance into this big hallway. This is huge, very impressive uh, closed space. Looks a bit like a very modern, futuristic um, airport almost. Um, in front of me is a, a, a central desk. It's kind of an oval desk with uh, several computers and some Starfleet officers sitting behind the computers. Um, there is some kind of a plexiglass type of, uh, um, I don't know, some kind of a window or a curved cylinder on above this, uh, this main desk. And I guess this is where you get your information on where to go. Also, this main hall is uh, uh, is is embellished with uh, banners, big red and blue banners. This one says "Class of 2404." Also has the logo, circular emblem of the Star of Starfleet Command, uh, United Federation of Planets. It says this red banner is uh, here to honor the fifth fleet and there are also some uh, blue banners let me walk up to them and they all are in honor of certain classes uh, the class of 2404 2405 2406 2407 they each have different logos um, now this is another desk. I guess it's an information desk, and uh, they even have these similar kind of uh, uh, separations to kind of for for lining up people, just as you see on the airport. And so you can just walk around uh, and move all the way up to the main information desk. So here, for instance, is uh, Ferengi. And he is in charge of the bank. Now, he is he's wearing a Starfleet um, uniform, so I guess he's working for Starfleet. Which, of course, is not the case with all the Ferengi. <laughs> and there are actually, speaking of uh, other species, Starfleet Academy is not just for humans. Um, actually, uh, Starfleet accepts students from all sorts of alien races. There are some rules and regulations when it comes to... Um, you know, the formalities of applying to become a student. Um, and we'll talk about those later on. But first, let me take a look at the main logo above this central desk here. 
Um, and it is the official logo of Starfleet Academy. This is a very ancient logo. It's triangular in the center. It's it's kind of a, it has a red border, and in the center, you see a yellow sun and the silhouette of the Golden Gate Bridge, and above that, the logo of Starfleet. And it says Starfleet Academy, San Francisco, and then there's the year uh, that Starfleet Academy was uh, founded in, in Roman numerals. So that, again, that was uh, the year 2161. And then there is a Latin motto on the right side of the triangle, and it says Ex Astris Scientia. Ex Astris Scientia, which means from the stars, knowledge. So knowledge from the stars. Um, in, in the first time we saw this logo and this motto, um, there was actually a slight gram uh, grammar error in it. And I think it said uh, something like Ex Astra Scientia, but Ex should be Ex Astris, not Astra. So uh, I think there was a Latin professor that actually wrote to the uh, creators of Star Trek um, mentioning their uh, their mistake and so they uh, they fixed it in later episodes so this motto um, science from the stars or from the stars science was in itself what is that weird sound <laughs> some real st I think there's some students goofing around here <laughs> I think they're uh, launching holographic fireworks here. <laughs> you can tell that you're on a you're on a campus because these students keep doing silly things, despite the fact that uh, overall Starfleet Academy is a very serious place to be. So the motto "Ex Astra Scientia" was derived from the Apollo 13 motto "Ex Luna Scientia," which means "From the Moon Knowledge," and the Apollo 13 motto was inspired by Ex Scientia Tridens, the motto of the United States Naval Academy, which means from knowledge, sea power. <laughs> These students are just crazy. Um, let me walk to the right side of this, or my right side, there actually I'm, uh, I'm walking north, and there is a, this looks like a bar, a uh, beautiful view from the big glass windows. Again, I can see uh, the Golden Gate Bridge and the silhouette of uh, uh, the skyline of San Francisco. Um, there is a big pine tree in the garden just beyond the window here. And this is actually the 602 Club. Uh, the logo itself was first seen, I think, in uh, one of the episodes of uh, Star Trek Enterprise. And the logo still looks the same. It's kind of a retro uh, logo. Uh, blue neon letters. And uh, this club itself is an homage to the club that we saw in, um, in that Star Trek Enterprise episode. Uh, there's a bartender, and I can even order drinks or food. Let me order a banana split. <laughs> Are you sure you want to buy a banana split? Yes, I want to buy it. So now I, I have received a banana split and uh, I, I, I assume I can drink it as well. Oh no, those wacky students. 
pursue me everywhere. <laughs> Where is security when you need it? I'm trying to record a podcast here. Um, above the bar, you can see several beautiful blue banners again for the 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th, and 5th fleet. And uh, let me find you some more information about the 602 Club while we're at it. Uh, let me see in my uh, logs here. There you go. The 602 Club was a bar in Mill Valley on Earth in the 22nd century. Many of the pilots and engineers involved in the NX project based at Warp 5 Complex frequented this establishment, including, here he is, Jonathan Archer, also A.G. Robinson, Charles Tucker III, and Malcolm Reed. Of course, we all know those names from the Star Trek Enterprise series. The walls of the 602 Club were decorated with many astronautical illustrations, including a portrait of Zephram Cochrane's warp drive prototype Phoenix, also a DY-100 class sleeper ship, and the USS Enterprise XCV-330. One of the waitresses at the 602 Club was called Ruby. Now, I didn't ask this waitress for her name, but I guess it's not Ruby. <laughs> She's just called a bartender. Um, Ruby is not here. Jeffrey Scharf is the other bartender. And there's a third bartender here, and she also doesn't seem to have a name. No, just a club 602 bartender. Um, but I'm sure that they can tell stories about Ruby, who used to work in the old 602 club. Of course, this is many moons ago. She was romantically involved with at least two crewmen from the Enterprise NX-01, uh, Charles Tucker III and Malcolm Reed. Tucker went so far as to call her the one. <laughs> so, um, we see this, the original 602 Club um, in, um, in the uh, 22nd century, in, to be more precise, in 2140, in I think the episode was Shuttle Pod 1 or Countdown. Several episodes, actually, of, of, uh, of the Enterprise. Now, even before the 22nd century, there was probably a bar called the 602 Club. And this was near the University of Wisconsin. And it, uh, the University of, of Wisconsin was Rick Berman's alma mater. And that's where he probably got the idea for the name. Now, he wrote the Enterprise ep episode Shuttle Pod 1 together with Brandon Braga, and uh, that was uh, the first time that we heard about the 602 Club. And so uh, it's, it's, it's been a real club, apparently. So uh, just to refresh your memory, Rick Berman was uh, the executive producer of Star Trek The Next Generation, co-creator of Deep Space Nine and Voyager and Enterprise, and he uh, also produced and co-wrote four Star Trek films and wrote a couple of, uh, of episodes as well. So there you go, that was um, Club 602. Let me go to the other side of this big hallway. Um, and there is nice brown carpet on the floor. Uh, the walls are kind of gray, blue, grayish, very modern. Um, so that's why you, why you don't hear that many footsteps because of the carpet. Here is 
an office, and I'm going through the doors, and uh, there are two big tables, again, some uh, Starfleet personnel here. This is uh, a commandant of Starfleet Academy sitting there, and this guy in a blue suit is Sarki, and he is a kind of a pink-skinned, bald alien. There's a big view screen here, um, displaying all sorts of uh, star maps, I, I assume, and some beautiful alien plants. And that's about the extent of what you can see here. So, let me go outside. After all, the sun is shining, it's beautiful weather. So, to my left, on the left side, so this is the uh, western side of the campus, there are a number of buildings with big numbers on them. One, two, three, four, and five. And most of these buildings are um, actually for classes. So we, uh, we won't go there, it's just basically classrooms. Um, but I'm going to, to the other side of the park, uh, where, and I can see a, a big circular building, so we'll uh, explore that. But let me first take a look at this other plaque here. There's another memorial plaque. Let's see what this is commemorating. Um, Fort Joshua, it says, from Nova Squadron and the class of 2368. Joshua. Now, let me look at my files. I think this was actually a student that was killed at one point. Um, I think I had a list of all these plaques. Um, let me see if I can find it here real quick. Got information about the Breen attack, the Breen confederacy, but that would be a little bit too much information, I think, for this episode. Um, no, I can't seem to find the, um, the plaques themselves. Let me see. Memorial plaques, here we go. So this is, um, dedicated to a cadet, Joshua Albert, and he accidentally died in 2368. That's about all I can find here. I'm not sure if this is referring uh, an episode um, of one of the Star Trek series or whether this is some something of a more of a local thing that everybody here at Starfleet Academy knows about, but uh, there's no reference in the series. We'll have to look into that later on. Um, so I'm following the pathway here, the pavement. And this whole place is so elegant and just lovely in the sunshine. Here's another bronze plaque. Let's examine this one. It says... Dedicated to the 2,147 people killed in the Breen attacks on San Francisco. You will never be forgotten. So this refers what I talked about at the beginning of this uh, of this episode, this uh, attack by the Breen Confederacy. And 2,147 people killed. I'm not sure if that refers to the people 
killed in general during these attacks. I thought that number was actually way beyond the thousands. I thought that there were more than a million people killed. Um, but this could refer just to the casualties here on the premises of, uh, of uh, Starfleet Academy. So I'm continuing my stroll down the lanes of the campus. By the way, I think that most of the plants are actually earth plants. Some palm trees here and uh, uh, nothing too fancy. I think most of the alien plants are inside the buildings. Perhaps they require different, uh, different treatment. So this is a big circular building. And again, it looks like some kind of an information uh, area. Um, there is a circular desk here with uh, an alien behind it, Lieutenant Farah. And Lieutenant Farah actually looks like a cat. Um, let's see, and he can tell me more about duty officers, which is basically, um, these are officers that I can enlist for certain missions. Um, but Lieutenant Farah is an alien race called the Cations. Um, the Cations are a felonoid race with distinct cat-like features. He, actually, I forgot to mention, he has a big tail, which is also uh, a, a, a quite a feline a trait. Um, they are from the uh, planet Kate, um, C-A-I-T, and they've been uh, Federation members uh, since 2286. Uh, they serve both in Starfleet and on the Federation Council. Uh, Cations are um, uh, different in color. Um, they vary in color from brown to black. This lieutenant uh, has a gray skin. The eye color is, tends to be golden, or but you also have some red varieties. And green and blue are less common. Um, they're pretty tall. They're... Uh, just as tall as, as I am here, um, but they can be taller even. They can go all the way up to three meters in height. Um, they're believed to be related to, uh, if not descend from, the Xinti, which is another race of uh, feline humanoids. Uh, however, the Xinti are much more aggressive. Um, the Cations are, are actually quite, uh, quite friendly. So I, he's not very, Lieutenant Farah is not very talkative, so, um, well, I'll just continue my uh, examination here. There's some uh, Vulcans. Here is Commander Viala, seems to be humanoid, and uh, she can tell me about the history, actually, of, of a Starfleet. And so um, this is where you get your your uh, memory chips and of course since this is a campus this is a university complex um, she actually provides you with the information chips that you need to learn about the history of Starfleet which is of course one of the required um, courses outside again sometimes there's a lot of noise because of the uh, uh, the shuttles that fly around and some of them Sure, it's a different sounds depending on what 
type of shuttle it is. There's quite a bit of traffic over the Bay Area. I um, was looking for some more plaques to uh, learn more about the history of Starfleet. You can hear the water of the seawater <laughs> underneath the bridge on my left. Um, but these memorial plaques are scattered all over the park. And since there are lots of plants and trees, I not always have a clear vision or clear view of, uh, of the premises. So I think I need to talk a little bit more about the, um, the procedures on how to become a student here at Starfleet Academy. Here's another plaque. Let me see. Um, let me take a look at my list of information about these plaques. I lost it again. I need to have one of those uh, tablet computers that uh, everybody in Starfleet walks around with. <laughs> so I lo won't lose my information this quickly. Um, so there's another plaque. Um, oh, and this is to honor groundskeeper Boothby. Um, and I actually think that we see groundskeeper Boothby in uh, one of the episodes, um, I guess, of Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, he lived here from uh, 2263 to 2384. And then there is another um, a plaque commemorating um, a very specific moment in James T. Kirk's uh, student career. And of course, you can guess what event this is referring to. It was the unbeatable scenario um, in the class of 2258. It was James T. Kirk beating the Koba Kobayashi Maru scenario. And in the Star Trek movie, the new Star Trek movie by J.J. Abrams in the alternate universe. Let me stress that again. It's not this universe. It's an alternate universe. We actually see how he managed to do that, basically, by hacking the computer. <laughs> Much to the chagrin of Spock, who in that alternate universe was the, the one who actually devised this um, Kobayashi Maru impossible scenario. Another memorial plaque, and this is uh, this actually this one quotes um, groundskeeper Boothby, um, and the quote is: "I have great faith in seed. Convince me that you have a seed in there, and I am prepared to expect wonders." Okay, you must have loved the gardens here. <laughs> All right, let me uh, step into the shadow because it's uh, the sun is really strong. And let me talk about how you can become a student at Starfleet Academy, which of course is one of the dreams of uh, almost every boy or girl on Earth and even elsewhere. Um, so in the universe of Star Trek, Starfleet Academy is where the future recruits to Starfleet's Officers Corps are trained. Um, this is not where all the Starfleet officers have studied. Um, we know from Star Trek Enterprise that Tom Paris studied at a similar campus in Marseille, in France. 
Um, we also know, of course, that the Weshley Crusher tried to enter Starfleet Academy in the episode Coming of Age. And so that's where we learned a lot of details about the procedure of admittance. Admitted students undergo a four-year program of academics and training, and after that they usually are commissioned as ensigns, and you can start to work on uh, uh, one of the spaceships. By the way, Boothby, I'm reading here, um, uh, groundskeeper Boothby, also offered advice and, and took interest in the careers of many students, including Jean-Luc Picard and Catherine Janeway, both of which, of course, ended up as captains later on. For non-Federation citizens, a letter of recommendation from a command-level officer in Starfleet is required before they can take the Starfleet entrance examination. Cisco. Uh, wrote such a letter from Nog in 2371 when he applied for Starfleet in Star Trek Deep Space Nine episode Heart of Stone. In Star Trek Enterprise, the Academy is mentioned by Commander Tucker in the pilot episode Broken Bow. Although it's not clear whether this refers to Starfleet Academy or some other service academy. Um... I was trying to find some more information about this whole student procedure, but uh, oh, there's just so much information. <laughs> it might be a little bit beyond the scope of this episode, because we're already uh, we've already been here for about half an hour. So you know what? Uh, if we ever return to Starfleet Academy, I'll talk a little bit more about how you can become a student. But it's uh, it's it's quite a uh, a competitive procedure. You have to actually enter in in co competition with several other candidates, and then they just select the best. And if your grades are well enough, even if you fail the first time, you can apply a second time. And if you're from another planet, then sometimes you need a letter of recommendation from someone else at Starfleet. Of course, that makes sense because you want to make sure that uh, Starfleet students and also future officers are from you know, or have a reliable background and are not some kind of, you know, inter interstellar terrorist that might uh, uh, jeopardize the safety on your, on your ships. So let me walk back to the coastline here. And while we're overlooking the Bay Area and San Francisco in the distance, I think it's time to beam back to my ship and say goodbye for now. Uh, thank you for joining me. And uh, next time, we might actually visit uh, that Earth space dock, and because there are quite a few things to uh, to see there as well. There's one area that um, we haven't explored here on Starfleet Academy, but it's kind of off limits for visitors and tourists. There are actually three uh, hollow decks. Remember that in the last episode, I tried to find the hollow deck on my ship and I couldn't find it. Well, there are actually three of them, but they are used for academic purposes here, so you can replay. Uh, important moments in history and, and then the students can learn from that so uh, uh, they're, um, they're, they are actually in the student quarters of the big building in the east of Starfleet Academy so there you go but I'm, I'm pretty sure that we will get to visit one of those uh, hopefully functioning holodecks in one of our future episodes thanks for uh, joining me today 
Let me beam back to my ship. And, um, well, uh, let me refer to uh, the main website where you can find previous and future episodes of this and many other podcasts that we produce over at the StarQuest Production Network. It's sqpn.com, sqpn.com. Hope you enjoyed this. I will see you soon in a future episode of The Secrets of Star Trek. This is SQPN, the StarQuest Production Network, leading the way.